Hi there. Welcome to the Intrusive Thoughts podcast, a show where I'd like to take you through the minds of everyday people, their lives, what they've learned so far, and hopefully make the seemingly unapproachable a little less daunting. It's a 100% judgment-free zone with humor, some soul-searching, depth, and quite a bit of sarcasm. My name is Lawrence Hu, and I'll be your host on this half-passion project, half-psychological adventure called Intrusive Thoughts. Death needs no introduction. You know who I'm talking about. The universe's biggest celebrity for 13.7 billion years running. We've all seen that guy. For me, when I think of death, I think of a big thing wearing this edgy black cloak carrying a scythe made out of bones. I've seen him on people's lawns just hanging out as Halloween decorations. I've seen him on TV and cartoons, and he's laughing away with the cast of Cartoon Network. And I've seen him on comics too, petting a cat as its owner walks away crying. We're all familiar with death. And while he needs no introduction, he definitely needs some exploration. And while I tend not to want to assign gender to things that don't necessarily need it, it helps me a lot to envision death as kind of like a friend, as a person. He's going to show up at some point in your life. You never know when. You might see him in 30 years, 50 years, 10 years, next week, tomorrow. But meeting him doesn't stop us from doing anything. The world keeps on turning, keeps on functioning, even though every single one of us will eventually have to meet death. And if I even turn him into this random caricature of what the concept really is, it still makes our skin crawl, our hairs stand up on their ends, and our hearts pound a little bit faster. Every single thing in our observable universe will meet its end. And while the ending isn't always death, well, what is? Is it the absence of life? Well, no, people can live on forever in our memories and in our books and down history. Well, What is death? Is it just when things stop moving? Well, no. Maybe. Maybe it's when every single atom in the universe reaches a state of equilibrium and there is no longer any kinetic energy being exchanged 
and everything is still. The heat death of the universe. It's on my calendar. So if death is just when everything stops moving, well, we've got approximately 1.7 times 10 to the 106 power years if protons decay, according to Wikipedia. And while my 7th grade teacher would have said, that's not a reliable source, Lawrence, you and I both know. So, let's get to the bottom of this. What is death? How do we come to terms with the inevitable, and why do we even exist? Such existential questions are best left not explored on casual Tuesday nights, but unfortunately for you, I exist, and nobody's managed to kill me yet, so it's your problem now. Sorry about that. On the night of my 24th birthday, I lied. It was 12 nights after the night of my 24th birthday, but it was supposed to be the big celebration. I had planned it a few months in advance, and it was the big 2-4. I was turning 24, and I was celebrating 24 on the 24th. I booked a table at a casino nightclub like any rational 20-something with money in a big-ass head would do. And we proceeded to party and get bottles. Hell yeah, Morgan Page was playing. The club was pretty dead. Get it. And overall, it was a pretty good night. Until I managed to go home and proceed to almost die. I first climbed into bed. Shortly after, I started hallucinating. I didn't know where I was anymore. I couldn't tell the difference between my bedroom and the nightclub. I felt my heart pounding out of my chest. I started convulsing, just muscle contractions, one after another, contracting, decontracting, contracting, decontracting, flexing, writhing around in pain in my bed in silence, alone. I stopped breathing. It felt like minutes at a time, I used my fists to hit myself in the chest and in the head as hard as I could to get myself to wake up again. I thought I was going to die. And even as I was laying there, fucked up beyond recognition, I managed to record a little audio message. While I can't really manage to figure out what the hell I was saying... At the end, I said good night and goodbye. And so, in a sort of fucked up way, Satan managed to hand deliver a seriously messed up birthday present. So, thanks for that, I guess. But looking back on it, it was the least amount of control that I had ever experienced in my life. If I had died, I think my last moments would have been just pure agony, confusion, anger, and then nothingness.
And while I'd like to say that was a first for me, it most certainly wasn't. Talking about death is pretty comfortable for me because I've been close to it quite a number of times. Maybe I'm an expert on almost dying, but I'm not an expert on actually dying. So, did I just record this episode to flex on the haters and tell everyone how much shit I've been through? Kind of. But I also wanted to make it a little bit more appealing to the general audience. What the hell? You're making death more appealing? Well, I kind of have to. If we can talk about pain, talk about suffering, talk about happiness, and then talk about death, then of course we need to make all of these topics a little more friendly. And I don't mean that it's a good thing. I don't mean that I welcome it. I don't mean that it should happen any more than it should ever have to happen. But it will. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Let me remind you. They are immovable objects in everybody's universe. Whether you want it or not. Whether you ignore it or not. Peekaboo. I can't see death, therefore it doesn't happen. No, you can't do that with anything. Unfortunately, as much as we push it out of our minds, put it off till later, or think about it next week, it's still gonna be there at some point. And gosh, aren't we good at ignoring it? We're good at, we're so good at ignoring it until somebody tells us that it's gonna happen to us. And sorry to be that guy, but. It's going to happen to you. And as we read off some final wishes and regrets of people on their deathbeds on our last episode, I think it's time to really talk about the end of it all. And it's okay. Everyone's going to die, no matter how much money you have. No matter how many kingdoms you've ruled, no matter how many Olympic medals you've scored, no matter how high you can jump, I'm really into jumping high, apparently. And so, why don't we take death on a date, you and me, on this little journey, on this little thought experiment, on this little meditation that really explores the idea what does it mean to die because if you can't stop it join it right death i think especially in american culture we think of it as a terrible thing and in many ways it is it is the world's greatest robber it denies the world of what could be. It ends possibilities and potential. It steals ideas and buries them into the ground, never to be seen by the light of day again. It is a thief. Death is also the world's biggest roadblock. 
it's the root of so many of our insecurities and our phobias that make us avoid things that otherwise would lead us to greatness. And in this way, death is not only a end, but it's also a constant existence everywhere we look. So it's pervasive, it's persistent, and it's guaranteed. Not many of those things in life except, I guess, suffering. Whoa, would you look at that? A callback to another episode again? Stop it. Honestly, that sounds pretty good. I mean, picture it. No responsibilities. No more taking the trash out. No more thinking about what you're going to have for dinner every three seconds. And I'm not trying to romanticize death as a thing you should go do right now. Hell no. Fuck no. Don't pursue something that you're not ready for. It will come to you when it is your time. And nobody gets to decide that. Not even the universe. Unfortunately, death comes so randomly and so tragically that it is always too soon. Nobody should be robbed of life. But if we're going to end up dead anyway, I might as well tell you that you have so much more to give to the world. Don't think that death is something that you can take into your own hands. And don't think that you should be so quick to deny our reality of yourself. I mean, why bother? The world would be missing so much without you. And as much as you'd like to deny that you've been around for as long as you have and the world quite literally wouldn't have existed in the same way without you. I'm talking quantum physics, bitch. This is not up to you. You are a primordial asset to this whole thing. What does primordial mean? Primordial. Meaning. Existing at or from the beginning of time. Uh, I guess so. But you are fundamental. Okay, that's what I was looking for. You are fundamental to this whole operation Okay, and I'm not talking about you are the operation. I'm not talking about you're the only thing running this operation. I'm talking you're fundamental to it. You're part of the equation. And there's a whole lot of, well, you, whether you, <laughs> whether you like it or not on this podcast, but I want it to be this kind of, if you are stuck with it, you might as well embrace it. So you're going to die. But between now and when you do, you might as well hang around and show off what you're capable of. You might as well achieve something amazing because that is very much what you're capable of. And I'm not trying to sound like some random dude on the internet gassing people up for affirmation clicks and views. I'm literally talking about you're going to fucking die and you might as well make the most of it while you're here. I'm not trying to reinvent YOLO here, and I'm not trying to push some kind of drink a four loco and jump off a bridge kind of ideology, 
but rather change reality in the direction for the better. There's already enough suffering, and there's two schools of thought. One, I suffered, so everybody else should have to go through the same thing that I did because it made me who I was, and I suffered, so nobody else should ever have to go through that again. Me, I personally believe that suffering is something that we can never eliminate. It will always be constant, but there are certain types of suffering that are just such wastes of everything. YOLO. You only get one. It's the one thing that you get if you're here, and there's only one of them. There's only one you. As many people want to say, well, statistically, no, there's only one you. Statistically, there's only one you. So, that's pretty sick. At least the IRS uh, will see you that way as truly unique. They will never stop pestering about your uniqueness because they know where who you are and where you live. So, death. For me, talking about it started off pretty grave. Get it. But at the same time, now I feel a little bit lighthearted. I feel like it's not something to be so scared about. Obviously, there's so many dreams and wishes and hopes that you've already conjured up in this lifetime. And there's so many things that you wish you could achieve. But, oh, man, there's that one motherfucker that's just standing in the way, waving. It's like that random Facebook friend that posts, like, once every, like, N months. And you're like, God damn it, why did you have to post? Now I have to think about you again. Sometimes... We want things to die. We want ideas to die, memories to die. Those nasty, persistent thoughts of your ex just get out of my head. Ideas can die millions of times a day. And you don't hear them, bitch. No, I'm just kidding. But let's talk about death. Let's talk about death in an intrusive thoughts TM kind of way. Intrusive thought comes into existence whether you not want it or not. Just like you, you didn't sign any paperwork before being born. And unfortunately, yeah, there's no laughing to be done there. And if you did, you're a horrible person. I'm just kidding. But you didn't decide to be born. The fuck was I talking about? God damn it. Oh yeah, intrusive thoughts. So, again, they come out of existence, wiggle their way, worm their way into your brain, and somehow your head is like, okay, I have to give it some attention now. And even if it's for a split millisecond, it exists, and you have to acknowledge its existence no matter how quickly it disappears. But if we grab that stupid little snake that's trying to burrow throughout your brain without consent. 
then maybe we can chase it down the path where it once came from and figure out what the hell it's doing in your head. And a lot of the times you might be able to reach a destination that you otherwise don't want to be in. It's an uncomfortable place, these intrusive thoughts. Like I said, swerving into oncoming traffic, I know we have all thought about it. It's okay if you haven't. That just means you're a sociopath that knows how to follow the rules very well. No, I'm just kidding. God damn it. Ethics, ladies and gentlemen. But let's say that we go somewhere further. Somewhere really far away. What's my friend up to? I wonder what Gavin's doing. That kind of intrusive thought is revisiting the death of somebody. And while they might still be alive somewhere in the world, they died in your life. Their relationship to you, that status changed. And change is a sort of death in a way. It's a transition from what was to what is now, and what is now is different from what once was. And it being what once was means that it's no longer what is, and it's dead to us. It's a memory. And maybe memories are just some kind of weird skin flake off where it just kind of sits on your body until it's ready to leave. But memories are basically what we're all made out of. In a way, we're just a bunch of dead things. I almost just choked to death on my spit. It's just a bunch of memories clumped together in this biological mass, wanting food and water and shelter and navigating the planet. I've talked about how we're sort of two people in one body, but when we think about it, there's always that, what's that ship paradox? Um, ship of Theseus, that's right. It's a thought experiment. And it's, the question is, if you were to take a ship and over time replace that ship with its parts over again, for example, each plank of wood was systematically replaced one after another over time. Is it still the same ship? Is it dead because we've replaced everything? Is it different somehow? Or is it the same? Well, conceptually, in our heads, it is the exact same thing. You could steal my car, crash it, blow it up in a ditch, and then replace it with an exact replica the next morning, and to me, it would be the same car. For people, we replace our cells every so often. Our skin cells are constantly just jetting themselves off our body. Our muscles are decaying and regenerating we consume the fat in our bodies and then replace it with new reserves over and over and over again and we do this so many times throughout our lifetime but we're the same person 
And so death is kind of complicated now. Even if we take its components and swap them out, it's not really the thing that's dead, even if the components are dead. If my engine dies and I put a new one in my car, that's still my car. It's still going to be the same car. And while we can't really make that same analogy for people because brains are where our identity lie, I wouldn't call my friend Cray without a leg Cray without a leg. I would still call him Cray. And so if we continue down this rabbit hole of what is death in the sense of a concept, then we've already hit a roadblock. We've already reached a point of, okay, well, it exists beyond the physical. Now, we are living in the ethereal realm, the conceptual realm. People die in real life, but in so many ways, they are still living amongst us. Whether it's the music that they listen to, the ideas that they've passed down for generations, or the laws that they've constructed, maybe it's even the house that they built, they're still very much influencing the world that we live in today. But if we suddenly change the concepts constituents into something else, then, ooh, maybe, just maybe, we have something new. And if we reach that point, then maybe now we're at a place of, okay, well, we can't kill people. Well, we can kill people. Um, the FBI is now coming to... Uh, to conceptually arrest me. <laughs> but we can kill people physically, but they live on in our memories, and therefore they exist as a concept. And while people can die in our lives as concepts as well, they can exist physically in the world. So there's this kind of duality where people can both die in our minds physically, conceptually, or not at all. And if they die physically, they can exist conceptually. If they die conceptually, they can exist physically. If they die physically and conceptually, well, they just stopped existing for us. And then we go to the question of, does existence have anything to do with death? And I guess it has to exist if it has to the ability to die, and therefore we've gotten to the bottom of the barrel. Death sucks. It's just the non-existence of something, and when you think about it that way, it's pretty boring. We don't really think about things that don't exist, because if once we think about them, then they exist, and then they're alive again. What the hell? Did my phone ring? Is my ringer on? Am I... No, I'm hallucinating. See, even in my head, my phone refuses to die. <laughs> All right, so now we're on track again. Death is a guaranteed thing, but it's not necessarily a guaranteed thing. You know what I mean? We're all going to die, but that doesn't mean we're all going to die. 
we're going to keep existing forever in people's thoughts and memories. And so even if you are, for some reason, whatever that is, and it's totally okay that you are, if you're in a place where you think that it's time to take your own life, don't. Reconsider. You can always die tomorrow. You can always die next week after that game releases or in a month when after that concert happens that you've always wanted to go to. You can always die when technology is so good that you don't have to feel the pain that you're feeling right now anymore. You can't end your idea. The idea of you is not yours to take. And against everybody's consent, the ideas of people are kind of manifested in everybody's brain a little differently. And absolutely. The moment I meet anyone, they become not just another person on the street, but also an idea in my head and a person in my head. And in this funny kind of way, we have this own little planet in our brains operating, and it's full of people that we know. It's almost like we've made a Sims house where all of our friends and family reside, and even our pets, and stupid ideas, and favorite TV shows, and all that. They're all living inside of us. Here's also a reminder that there are more bacteria living inside of you in a cell count than there are actual cells of you. So, what are you now? Are you just a mass of bacteria that you're going to be ending or that's going to die? Or are you just a human being that happens to be a hotel for these little fucking stupid ass squatters? I guess they're doing something for us, like the whole gut biome thing, but until I read the research on that, they are living rent-free, and I will charge them for it. I'm sure they've been through enough, the amount of Chipotle I've been eating. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Anyway, no Chipotle sponsorships for me. saying that I heard a long time ago, and it went something like this. You don't want to kill yourself. You want to kill the part of you that wants to kill yourself. Let me say that again. You don't want to kill yourself. You want to kill the part of yourself that wants to kill yourself. And while I talk about there's many people living in our heads and now bacteria living in our bodies... The note taker is kind of the person that you want to kill. That person that's kind of jotted down everything that you've heard in your life that other people have told you. That's not really you. You're the pilot. You're the one who's doing everything. You're the one who's making the executive decision. And why the hell not have a note taker that's on your side? Kill the note taker that is not you. Growing up, that note-taker kind of becomes something that dominates your entire way of thinking. And while that works for the formative years of your life and maybe lets you do a lot of things that lets you get along well or doesn't with other people, 
we've kind of reached this place where, okay, now I kind of need the note taker to be the pilot. No, we want the pilot to be the note taker. As we metaphorically, of course, kick Spartan kick the note taker into the pit of hell and high one, you know, on Indeed, looking for uh, other half of my brain. Um, pay is dependent on if I keep my job this year or not, and uh, benefits include, um, I guess I'll live in the United States, so it's pretty difficult to hire someone new, but the note-taker can be replaced, and you can kill him, and it doesn't involve killing yourself because you exist as the whole, right? You're two parts. You're the pilot and the note-taker, but you can kick one member of your sh crew out, of your ship out, and it's not considered mutiny, right? Because you're the pilot, so you can make that change. And with death looming somewhere in the background, somewhere in the distance, like a lone thunderstorm cloud, you can almost use that as a goalpost. I will want to have my note taker killed as soon as possible, because then I can live the rest of my days out in a way that I see fit and not the one that other people see fit. Hiring, uh, no, creating your own new note taker is kind of a weird idea. It's like birthing a human, but you don't have to do any of that gross stuff that they talk about in health class in high school. Unless you're from like the South or something. I don't know what they, how they educate people in sex ed, but you can create a new human. Well, I guess biologists would be mad at me for saying that. You can create a new person. And while death doesn't mean the end of the idea, you can create a new idea, just like you create new ideas for people all the time. People exist in you as ideas and not as actual things. Because it would be very weird if there were people inside of your head. Literally. I might, have, I might have taken that one too far. But it's this wonderful thing. Now you can say, okay, well, well, how do I do that? How do I kill the note taker? And that's something for you to figure out. Sorry about that. That's a lifelong process, and I think that's the goal for many people is to create their own new note-taker, and that's what I've been doing. Now, I have my own sets of values, thoughts, and ideas that I can say that I have independently verified. We have conducted an internal investigation, and we have cleared ourselves of any wrongdoing. You know, that kind of thing. And so internally review yourself. Now you have the freedom, but that also comes with the responsibility, and responsibility is painful because it requires effort, and ref blah, blah, blah. And effort requires resources, and resources are hard to get. And so we're exhausted at the end of this conversation. 
But don't worry, statistics is on our side here and will, can give you a lot of hope. If you're my age, you're technically only one-third of the way there. Damn, that's a long-ass time. Our language dictates how we perceive the world, and if we consider ourselves young, as a lot of people like to say on their birthdays, like, Wow, 60 is the new 21. I'm going to need to see some form of identification, ma'am. Have you been using a fake photo ID for the last 39 years? Please step out of the vehicle. But really, we have a long way to go, and depending on how you say it in your head, that can either be, we have a long way to go, or we have a long way to go. You know, just imagine me saying the first one with a frown, and then the other one with like a huge smile on my face. Yeah, how we construct our own reality, that's going to dictate whether or not we go forward happy or miserable and wanting to kill the note-taker even harder. Or even more, I guess. I wanted to end this pretty short intermission episode with a comment on Halloween. I think the Mexicans are doing it way better. Day of the Dead or Dia de Muertos or Dia de los Muertos is a holiday traditionally celebrated right after Halloween. And I'm saying celebrate because, boy, is it a party. I mean, if at my funeral, it's going to be a straight-up banger. I mean, whoever's alive then, they're going to they're going <laughs> to regret being alive. You know what I mean? They're going to wish they were dead. <laughs> but if we think about death as this tragic, horrible thing... And again, it is in many cases when it comes too soon, and it always does. But if we ourselves think of our own deaths as this tragic, horrible, looming thing in distance, then it's going to be pretty hard to navigate life going forward. But if we reconstruct that idea in our heads about what death is and that it's not necessarily the end of you as an idea which permeates further and wider than you could ever imagine, then we have something to go off of because then you can end only a fraction of your life as a physical being with a bang. And you can leave this permanent positive memory on the people around you, the people that know you, the people who love you, and continue down this road of positivity and fondfulness. Fond fondness? Fondfulness? I don't know English very well. So if we repackage this idea that we're afraid, that we're not looking forward to, that we're avoiding, that we're <sighs> ing, you know? Then maybe if we spin it around, then we can start to you know, get a little pep in our step. You feel me? Let me be clear. I'm talking about death as a celebration. It's a goalpost almost. It's a finish line of now you have done all the work 
you've done all the heavy lifting. Other people have to take that responsibility of your ideas, your memory, and pass it down forever. You have done all the work. You have done all the experiencing. Your only job in this lifetime was to enjoy it. Damn. Ain't that the life. Your entire job was just to be happy. And that's it. Microeconomists and sociologists are currently kicking down my door. It's just a concept. And if I'm successful over the course of this episode, I will have effectively rebranded the concept of death into something pretty damn good. And it's kind of an uneasy feeling. And like my, I guess, my tattoo artist, my mom, did I write it? Okay, let me take, uh, we're going to take a break from a regularly scheduled program with an intrusive thought. If I get a tattoo of words on my body, who wrote those words? Was it me? Because I came up with the idea. Was it the tattoo artist who literally wrote it on my body? Or was it my mom whose handwriting it is because she made the art? Hmm. Anyway, there's your little thought experiment for for the rest of the century. And so I bring you to the death of this episode. Oh wait, it's still going. And when we talk about death, it's a process. We're almost dying all the time since we're born. The rest of our existence, we're slowly dying. We're slowly decaying, building up our body just to break it down again. And so maybe death is just a process and not an event. So it's up to you how you conceptualize the idea. But at the end of this episode, I'd like to present my final theory. That if you repackage, rebrand death in your brain... When you leave your mortal coil, go on to whatever you believe is beyond the biological. Then there's only one thing to do in this lifetime, which is to experience. And that's all you can do. And that's all you are doing. And that's all you will do because that's the basics of what it means to be a perceiving human being. And so if you only have one job, which is to experience, you might as well make that experience a good one. And how do you make that experience a good one? Well, that's a very loaded question. There's so much behind that, that it's probably going to take me at least another five episodes to cover. At least. But if we can start from there, start before the beginning, before the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, before you were born, death was guaranteed. Before the person that bore you, that bore them, that bore them, 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 death was a guarantee. And so if your only responsibility is to experience and take in the world around you and to create an idea in other people's brains about you that 
passes down throughout history and makes a positive impact on the world, well, that's a lot to do. But it's also not as much as you might have thought you had to do. Life is full of complications and people somehow want to go ahead and make that more complicated than it actually is. They added fucking Snapchat Reels or whatever version of that is for some reason. I mean, I can I guess I can rant about Snapchat another day, but they added glitter to things somehow to make yourself they, they added glitter to to makeup and shirts for no reason. There's no reason to do anything, right? But they did it anyway. And it makes things more complicated because now I'm tripping balls every time I walk down the sidewalk because is that glitter in my goddamn sidewalk? Or is that someone's makeup that washed off as they were crying, going home drunk as hell? Things are unnecessarily complicated. And the more complicated we make things, the more solutions we can sell. And so it makes for a very circular economy. But I'm no politician, and I'm certainly not an economist. Just look at my bank account. But... The less problems you have to be sold on, the less energy and resources you have to spend to buy those solutions. So, now death has become a lot more about killing off those unnecessary complications and less about you not existing anymore, you not mattering, you not being worth anything. It's about killing off those things that make your experience less than happy, less than harmonious, less than peaceful, less than coexistent. And so that's your responsibility going forward, is to be a murderer in the right ways. Okay? That is on the record, and no judge shall sentence me for advocating for murder. Conceptual murder only. I need a legal team very quickly. And so, if you've made it all the way through this episode, I want to thank you again for not killing the idea of me in your brain. And maybe the way that I deliver things can be a little bit better, a little more succinct, a little less... But at the same time, it's my fucking podcast, and I'm not going to kill it because I love it, and I made it myself. So it's like a son to me, and I'm naming it Intrusive Thoughts. It's much better than what Elon Musk named his child... I should set my passwords as his child's name, and then nobody will be able to guess it. Not even Elon. (laughs) And so, I hope that what I've said today has made a little bit of sense. Like, that's all I can hope for with spewing my nonsensical ramblings onto a scarf-covered microphone, because somehow it's acting as a pretty good pop filter. And I swear to God, I hate when people call these... Like things, these fur things that we put on microphones, dead cats. Because why? Pick another thing, please. Like a dead bush or something. Like a dead fuzzy thing that's not cute and thing that I like to pet. Because that makes me uncomfortable. Changing our language is 
That should be one of the mantras of my life. Change your language. Not because it's hurting my feelings, but because it sucks objectively. Dead cats? Come on now. Dead cactuses, maybe. Then I won't want to put my face in it. <laughs> and pet it and take it home. And cry when I hear it's a cat. When it's not a cat. Fat19.com. If you get that reference, I will hand deliver $5 to you. Supply is limited and looking at my bank account, very limited. So act act fast. Man, it's been a long hour. And if you're thinking about death and you're panicking, no one can blame you. But at the same time, get it together, man. And I say that, like picture my arm around your shoulder, not in a creepy way, but in like a endearing brotherly kind of way, like... Get it together, man. You've got this. There's only three, six more decades to go. And you cannot assume otherwise, because if you do, then you're going to start denying the world of yourself. And don't do that, because then you're going to deny the, the ideas that people have of you, the version of you that lives within other people, the good version of you, the good of you. You're going to deny that from the world, and that's no good either. And while no one can predict the trajectory of the world, you might as well add to that little tiny arrow that's pushing it in the good direction. And while we see so much pain and suffering every single day, we might as well be that force of good and not give in to evil and say whatever. Doesn't matter because it does why does it matter? Well, that's up to you to figure out. For me, I think it would be nice if people got along and people were happy. There's no reason to exist. And since our little ball of rock is going to inevitably die anyway, there's no reason for anything to happen other than the reason that it does and it will and... We might as well make it good. The extreme nihilists in the room want thermonuclear war so that no life can exist and therefore no experience can be happening. But I am anti-thermonuclear war. I am pro-thermonuclear parties, my dude. <laughs> so. Death is not quite as it seems. It's worth exploring and worth coming to terms to worth embracing worth rebranding this is the biggest rebrand of the 20th century actually we're in the 21st now the biggest rebrand of the 21st century and it beats all those other shitty logo redesigns i mean come on just like one color and one sans serif font maybe serif if you're feeling edgy but come on, really? Anyway, it's the biggest rebrand. And if we can rebrand and we can live our lives reconsidering what death means, then maybe we can live more, do more, accomplish more, experience more, live Moss, Taco Bell. Definitely don't want them as a sponsor either. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> so, I guess there's no questions for today. Only get some rest. But don't die. Not unless you're... I mean, oh God. Well, this was bound to happen. And I'm going to leave this in anyway because if you're going to make it here, you're not canceling me. I've got this whole a podcast episode to explain myself with. You hear? There will be an outro, though, because once we start on a bitter note, we must end on a sweet note, right? That's the way the cookie crumbles, and boy, is it a delicious cookie. It is actually a gooey butter cake cookie, which is a St. Louis delicacy, and it is very good, although I'm very certain it'll shorten both your teeth lifespan and your lifespan, so... Consume with caution. Thank you again for joining me on the Intrusive Thoughts podcast. My name is Lawrence Hu, although I'm kind of this random voice and idea in your head now. Can't unhear my voice. And I wonder what I'm doing in your head. I'm sure I'm up to all sorts of no good. Making you consider gooey butter cookies, even though you're on a diet Consider death not an end at all, but rather a new beginning. Rebrand, kill that note-taker in your life, that only if they're not making you feel very good. And take care of yourself. You've got a long way to go, and whether or not you believe it, you do. And whether or not you do, you do. So, as I sign off on this convoluted journey through death happiness, the meaning of life, and Chipotle. I hope that you have a good night and get a good night's rest. And I hope to see you or listen to you. I'm not listening to you. You're listening to me. How would I... Like, people sign off on YouTube videos. Like, I hope I'll see you in the next one. At least I can see the camera. I hope I'll speak to you in the next one. Good night. Thank you so much for listening to the Intrusive Thoughts podcast, a journey into everyday mundanity, finding that personal acceptance and general vulnerability. This was brought to you by nothing other than my curiosity, and I hope that you enjoyed it. If you have any comments or suggestions, please leave it down below. You can also send me a text at any time at 314-485-9440, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Remember to take care of yourself, to never sell yourself short, and to keep asking questions.